And that first foundational agreement that we have to start with is that God is our Father. The Bible says uh, that He's our Heavenly Father. In fact, when Jesus was teaching His disciples how to pray, He told them to say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. And uh, as God is our loving Heavenly Father, we can agree on that point. We also have to agree that this Heavenly Father holds all the resources and is able to control each event that's here on this earth. That God has all power. Power in heaven and in earth. Our Heavenly Father has all power in heaven and in earth. That means He controls and holds all resources, and nothing can happen on this earth without God's permission. Nothing can happen against me, nothing can happen for me without God's permission as He controls all resources and events. The third point that we have to agree on, and this one may take some convincing on my part, I think we all agree on point number one, that God is our Father as Christians, and number two, that God holds all power and all resources. That means there is no amount of money, no amount of land or resource that God does not own. He owns it all. But the third point is that God wants you to be blessed. This may take a little bit of convincing on my part for you, because I believe that the Word of God makes it clear that this Heavenly Father who holds all resources in His hands wants for you to be blessed. When I'm talking about resources, I'm not just talking about money, but I'm talking about power as well. Power to heal your body. Power to deliver you from addictions. Power to give you a new hope. Power to put families together again. Power to save those that are lost. Uh, Amen. That God wants you to be blessed. It is the will of God that His favor be upon your life. Amen. And God has a plan and a purpose for your life that includes His favor. It is the will of God for you to receive the blessings of God. Do you hear your pastor today? It is the will of God that you operate and walk and live in blessings. God doesn't want you to be miserable and pitiful and all beat up and discouraged. And as Brother Francisco said today, broke, busted, and disgusted. It's not the will of God for you to be broke, busted, and disgusted. But it's the will of God for you to receive and walk and operate in the blessings of God. I told you He's your Father. I told you He owns everything. And I told you that He wants you to be blessed. It's only natural that a father would want to see their child succeed. I don't know of any kind of father other than some twisted deviant that would want to raise a child that God blessed him with and say, I want that child to grow up and be addicted to bad habits. Or I want that child to grow up and live in poverty. No, any father that I know of wants their child to do well. In fact, I've heard fathers say before, I want my kids to have better opportunities than I did. and I want my kids to do better than I did. And I want you to know that your heavenly father has a desire that you would succeed. It is the will of God that you would have success, that you would live in peace, that you would live in joy. 
Amen. I'm not talking about a perfect life that you never face up and downs and trials and difficulties. We know that's what life is about, and we know that's what makes the blessings of God so much sweeter. But I do believe that God's ultimate goal is for you to live in His blessings. Amen? To live with the joy of the Lord, to live with His peace that passes all understanding. He's your Father. Amen? He doesn't want you to struggle with things. He doesn't want you to live your life miserable, feeling unfulfilled, and feeling like you've only done half of what you could have done or been half the person that you could have been. God's will is for you to succeed. God's will is for you to feel fulfilled. In 3 John, verse number 2, it says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. The writer John here is relaying what the will of God is for us. And that is that as our soul prospers, there is a concurrent or parallel prospering and health for the children of God. Amen? Hallelujah. That's what I wish, too. If John can wish that for his church, that's what I wish for my church. Is that while your soul is prospering, that you will prosper as well. And that you will be in health as well. This is the will of God. Amen. Psalms chapter 35 and verse 27 lets us know that the Lord is delighted when he's able to bless us. Let the Lord be magnified, which hath pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. The Lord takes pleasure when we succeed. The Lord, our Father takes pleasure when we prosper. The Lord, our Father, takes great pleasure when we do well. Amen. When we overcome and when we are victorious. It is the will of God for you to be blessed. And it is the will of God for you to be prosperous. Hallelujah. You are, after all, the child of the King. And uh, even though you may be living in poverty for a moment... And you may be in lack for now. Don't ever let poverty live in you. Always remember who you are. You are a child of the King. And Life Church, I want us to remember who we are. We're not a small poverty mindset church. Because if we become a church with a small poverty mindset, we will never rise above our current condition. We need to remember and always understand, hallelujah, and believe that God has greater things for us. Not just so we could enjoy the fat of the land, but so that we could do everything that he has planned for us to do. And if a church will never rise above its mindset, neither will you. Hallelujah. I'm proud to have my daughter Cambria back with us today. Cambria and Brooklyn. Good to have my mother-in-law with us as well. God bless you, Sister Keller. But uh, what if I introduced you to my children and they had old raggedy clothes on and their hair was all disheveled and they were wearing no shoes and their fingernails were dirty? And uh, you would look at me as I introduce you to my children and think, man, that's not a very good dad. Look at the kids. Look how they look. And the children's poverty would be a direct reflection on me as a father. And going through life with a poverty mentality of just saying, I'm stuck where I am and who I am, and this is all I can do and all I can be, this mentality does not bring glory to your heavenly father. It does not bring glory to God. And God is not pleased when we drag through life defeated, depressed, and discouraged by circumstances. Amen. 
When I come dragging into church, I'm not bringing glory to God. When other people in the workplace are happier than me, that's not bringing glory, glory to God. When the joy of other people seems greater than that of a child of God, that's not bringing glory to God. Amen. The children of God should be the happiest people, the most fulfilled and the most successful people, because we are a child of the King. I want you to understand, there's no reason for you to go around feeling pitiful and beat up and miserable and say, well, at least I'm going to heaven. Hey, I'm going to heaven, but I'm going to take some people with me, and the only way I can take somebody with me if I look like I'm enjoying the journey. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So don't get satisfied and complacent just accepting what comes your way and say, well, this is my lot in life. This is who I am. Because as a Christian, as a child of God, your lot in life is to continually Increase. I'm going to make reference to this a few times. Brother Donnie mentioned this morning the seed, the mustard seed. The Bible says in the book of Matthew, when the apostles were unable to cast out the evil spirit, they said, what's the problem? Jesus said, it's unbelief. <clears throat> then he said unto them, uh, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Amen. If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed. Now, as a child, I always assumed that that meant all you have to have is a little bitty bit of faith. A little tiny bit of faith. And I'm sure there's some truth to that concept. But the idea of a seed is a seed has potential. A seed has a future. And most importantly, a seed is not going to stay the size that it is. Your faith has to not be the size of a mustard seed, but your faith has to be as a mustard seed. Which means it's not going to stay where it is. It's not going to stay. But when it gets united with a promise from God, it's going to begin to grow. Something magical, something uh, uh, unbelievable, something miraculous is going to happen to that seed once it's exposed to the light and to the water, as Brother Donnie said, and it's going to change. This is the kind of faith that you have to have, faith that is ever increasing, believing in a God that is ever going to increase you. Amen. Once a seed stops growing, it will die. It has to continuously be in the motion through the season, through the cycle of the season, continue in the motion of growth until it dies. Amen. As a tree is growing, it's alive. When it stops growing, it's dead. And the same is true of your faith. It may be small today, but as a Christian, my faith right now should be greater than it was five years ago. And just wait till five years from now, because we serve a mighty God who expects and, and, and has allowed for us to continually be in a spirit of growth. Hallelujah. Continually increasing. Hallelujah. What if you fixed your dinner and you said, kids, dinner time. And your kids came in with their head down. They wouldn't look you in the eye. And they begin to crawl around on the ground looking for scraps of food. Um, sometimes Brooklyn does that, but I don't think it's because we don't feed her. <laughs> but uh, your kids, if they were doing that, something's wrong. Hey, you're part of the family, kids. Put down, put down that junk off the ground. Get up here and get at the table. Receive what is rightfully yours. And here's the point of my sermon. The point of my sermon is I'm afraid that we as Christians sometimes live below our privileges. We live below the potential of what we could live in. And the reason is unbelief has kept us happy with where we are. 
Unbelief, unbelief has trapped us in a position where we can't believe for anything greater than what we have right now or what we're living in right now or how we're existing right now. And because our faith is not growing, we are satisfied with our current condition and our current status and our current frame of mind. Amen? And we live below our privileges. Amen? We live below the opportunities that God has for us. And I'm, for one, am a scrapper. I'm a scrapper when it comes to life church because I don't want this church to live below its privileges another minute. When God has plans for this assembly, when God has plans for the truth that's propagated from this pulpit to be heard by hundreds and even even thousands of people. I'm not going to sit here and be happy with where we are and what we have and say, well, we're going to hold on and hold the fort till Jesus comes. But I feel it in my spirit. God wants us to expect greater things. God wants us to begin to believe for greater things and have a determination inside, a faith that says, I'm not going to be satisfied with where I am. I'm not just going to sit here and say, this is who I am and this is all I can have. But God wants us to increase. I just, I, I drive through tra- town, I see a property, I see a church building. That should be our church building. God should give us that property. Amen. Well, that's presumptuous. No, it's not. He's my father. He owns it. And I'm doing what he told me to do here. So whatever God, whatever we need, God is able. Amen. God is willing. There's a story I love. I told it some time ago, a story about... This man who uh, was uh, going to go across from England to the United States, a transcontinental uh, cruise, and uh, they didn't have airplanes at that time. So he saved up his money and pinched, and he, he was just a poor person, but he saved up enough money to get on that ship. And uh, when he got on the ship, he uh, knew that uh, since his money was all spent, that he'd have no money to buy food during the three-week voyage across the ocean. So he went and he got him, with what little money he had left, he purchased some affordable meats and cheeses that he put into a big basket that he had uh, that would not perish but that would last him through the three-week voyage across the ocean. And uh, he got onto uh, the cruise ship there, and uh, as the trip went on, he sat there eating his meats and cheeses, and when everybody else would dress up and go down to the elaborate banquet hall and enjoy wonderful, wonderful feasting on buffets and so forth, uh, he sat there eating his cheese and crackers. And in his little room, he could smell the aroma wafting through the walls of the wonderful, delicious meals that were being served. And and uh, but he sat there, and they said, "All all I can afford is the cheese and crackers. I don't have enough money to go down there and enjoy all the things that they're enjoying." And somewhere near the end of the journey. One of the uh, co-passengers said, you know, I happen to notice that uh, whenever dinner time comes, you don't go with us, but you go back to your room and and, uh, notice you're eating in there on some cheese and crackers. And I was wondering, why in the world don't you come down and feast with us uh, down at the the banquet hall? And the uh, uh, traveler was embarrassed. And uh, he was felt kind of put on the spot, and he said, with a flushed face, said, you know, I spent all the money that I had purchasing this ticket. And... uh, what I had left over, I only had enough just to buy a little provision to make it through this trip. So I can't afford to go down 
and uh, enjoy the feast that you guys are enjoying. And the man looked at him incredulously and began to shake his head and said, Don't you understand that when you paid for your ticket, your ticket included all the meals during the transfer from one side to the other. You could have been down there the whole time enjoying the feasting with us, but instead you've been up eating scraps in your room. And that's the way as children of God sometimes for the journey that we're on. We're going somewhere, but we're on a journey. And God has provided some things, and God has blessed and given promises. And I believe, I believe I'm in the will of the Lord today. I believe God is trying to speak to somebody. And I want you to hear the word of the Lord today. God has provided some things, amen, for your provision, for your fulfillment, and for your satisfaction along the way. Do not live below your privileges because of some pitiful, miserable mindset that keeps you trapped where you are. But believe by faith in the name of Jesus Christ that I am a child of God. I have His Spirit. I'm doing His work. I'm not slacking. I'm doing what God has called me to do, and He wants to bless me. Don't live with guilt and feelings of inferiority. That doesn't please God. Step up to the table. You're part of the family. Amen? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So I've convinced you, hopefully, at this point, number one, that God's your Father. Number two, that He owns everything. And whatever you need, He's got it already. The third point, that God wants to bless you. God wants you to live in blessing. So here's the three points. If he's my father, if he owns everything, if he wants to bless me, why am I where I am right now? Why am I struggling with what I'm struggling with? Why am I going through what I'm going through? Why have I not experienced these blessings from God? Here's the point. The point is there is a certain mindset that allows God to bless us. And there is a certain mindset that, in essence, keeps God from being able to give the blessings that he could give to us. Are you saying, Pastor, that God is limited and he can't do whatever he wants to do? I'm saying that God has set in order rules of operation and means of tapping into his resources that he will not sidestep and go around. Even while Jesus was ministering on the earth, he went to his hometown and he was not able to do many miracles there. Are you telling me that Jesus was not almighty? Jesus was almighty because Jesus is God manifest in the flesh. He could do whatever he wanted to do. But the reality was, he said, when I work among men, I'm going to set some rules of engagement and some rules of tapping into my resources. And the only way they can get into my resources is if they do it the way that has been prescribed. Let me put it to you this way. Hebrews 11:6 says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For them that those that come to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him it is impossible to please god it is impossible to tap into his resources it is impossible to receive the blessings that are rightfully yours go ahead and live the rest of your life in poverty go ahead and live the rest of your life under the potential that god has for you but as for me i've decided i've decided i want hallelujah the blessings of god on my life and i want to have the right attitude the attitude of faith if jesus said i can't do work there because of unbelief but i can do a lot of work there according to their faith. I want to have faith in my spirit to to tap into the blessings of the living God. Is there anybody with me today that you want the right attitude, the right mindset, and the right spirit, and the right faith level to tap into the blessings of God? 
Hallelujah. The Bible says we are saved by grace. Somebody did an acronym of grace. God's, G, God's, are riches, A, at, C, Christ's, E, expense. God's riches or God's resources at Christ's expense. See, the most valuable thing that any person could ever receive is eternal salvation. And it's a very expensive thing for God because it cost him his life of Jesus Christ on the cross. The blood was shed. Amen? The Son of God died on the cross for our sins. And so the Bible says you are saved by grace through faith. So faith is the conduit or the means. When I think of through, I think of, you know, like a pipe. Something goes through a pipe, right? Or electricity goes through a wire. Our salvation is bought by the grace of God, but it travels through faith. It's a very simple principle. There are power cords running all over this city. But my house would have no lights unless there were a wire connecting my house to the power source. And the Bible says what connects you to the resources, what connects you to the riches, is nothing other than faith. Believing God. Expecting good things from God. So if I don't believe God for anything, and if I don't expect anything from God, then I don't have anything to tap into His resources. See, the Bible doesn't say that you work to earn blessings from God. The Bible doesn't say that you do so many hours of service to receive blessings from God. But the Bible says the way that you receive God's blessings is through faith. Look when Jesus traveled the countryside, ministering and meeting needs. He didn't say, because you're a good person, I heal you. He said, according to your faith, be it unto you. Because you are believing and expecting, and you wake up in the morning saying, I believe that Jesus is going to touch my body today. And you get in the presence of the Lord and say, I believe. What it does is you're throwing up a power cord that says, I have needs. I need to be connected to the source. Your power cord. Your conduit is faith. So the attitude that allows you to be blessed, the attitude that allows you to be blessed is an attitude that says, I'm going after the blessings. Now, I know, I know, I know, I know, I've heard so much in my life, and in the proper context, it's truthful. It's the truth that we should be grateful and satisfied and not overlook God's many blessings and not forget His benefits. Amen? But at the same time, I look into the Word of God and I notice that God happens to like people who get an attitude about the blessings that they have not put their hands on yet. And they say, I'm going to get them. I'm going to get them. Let me just give you my inspiration for today's message. Several months ago, maybe even a couple years ago, there was a billboard right by the church. And it said something. It was the title of a movie. It was a movie by 50 Cent. And the movie is Get Rich or Die Trying. 
And I looked into the word of God, and I found out that there were some men who said, forget about the riches. I want God's blessings. And their attitude was, I'm going to get blessed or I'm going to die trying because I want the blessings of God in my life. And I believe that God wants to give them. Come on, I'm trying to convince you that God's blessings are yours and he wants you to tap into the resources. So guess what? You better get an attitude. The kind of attitude that gets God's blessing is an attitude that says, I'm going to get blessed or I'm going to die trying. Hallelujah. 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 3, there were four leprous men at the entering of the gate. They said one to another, why sit we here until we die? If we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city, we're going to die there. If we sit here, we're going to die also. Now therefore come and let us fall into the host of the Syrians. If they save us alive, we shall live. If they kill us, we shall but die. It's like, how can it get any worse? We shall only die And they rose up in twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. And when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria, behold, there was no man there. For the Lord had made the hosts of the Syrians to hear the noise of chariots and the noise of horses, even the noise of a great host. And they said to one another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the king of the Hittites and the Egyptians to come upon us. Therefore they rose and fled into the twilight and left their tents and their horses and their donkeys and the camp as it was and fled for their life. And when these lepers came stumbling into the uttermost part of the camp, they went into one tent and did eat and drink. See, they were starving because the city had been shut up and seized. They ate and drank, and they carried thence silver and gold and raiment and went and hid it and came again, entered into another tent and carried thence also and went and hid it. Then they said to one another, we're not doing good. This is a day of good news. We should not hold our peace. If we tarry until the morning light, something will happen to us. Now let us go and let the king of Israel know what has happened. The story in the word of God, very awesome. The city was closed up because of the siege of the enemy. They were encamped around it. And before long, they ran out of food. Before long, they were selling doves. Poo-poo. And they were selling donkey heads, and people were killing their children and eating them because the starvation was so extreme. And then finally, finally, these four lepers who are at the gate of the city, and if you think it's bad on the inside, it's even worse out here. They couldn't even be involved in the city because of their leprosy. And they said, you know what? If we go into the city who's stuck in their mentality, in their miserable condition, We're going to die. If we stay here, we're going to die. But if we go and go throw ourselves at the enemy, they may show mercy on us or they may kill us. So the point is, ain't no blessing here. Ain't no blessing here. There's a blessing there, but I might die trying to get it. And so they said, you know what? Let's go anyhow. And they headed that way. And God favored that attitude that says, I prefer blessing at risk over staying where I am. I prefer blessing at risk. See, here's the point. Some of us are afraid to believe God for great things because we don't want to be disappointed. We don't want to appear as presumptuous. And we're afraid to believe God for great things. But these guys said, you know what? I'm not going to let that fear keep me from pursuing the blessings of God. Amen? 
And the story goes that while these four leprous men were stumbling toward the camp, all of a sudden the Syrians began to hear the sound of horses and chariots uh, and the whinnying of horses and the sound of battle. And they got up and they ran from where they were and left their tents and left all of their food and left all of their raiment and left gold and silver. And these men stumbled into more blessings uh, than they could have ever imagined. Why? Because they had an attitude that says, uh, I'm going to get blessed uh, or I'm going to die. I try because I'm not going to sit here till I die. And I wonder if there's somebody that has an attitude that says, I'm not going to stay where I am and just exist, but I'm going to get a fire in my spirit that says I'm going after God's blessings. I'm going after his promises. I'm going after what he's told me. And if I die, I die, but I'm going to go after it. See, I'm trying to push you out of your spiritual comfort zone. I'm comfortable here. I'm comfortable with where I am. You know, I've just kind of gotten used to my income. I've just kind of gotten used to this sickness. I'm just kind of dealing with this addiction. I think I can deal with it. I think I can handle it. I'm just here where I am. And see, that just uh, uh, giving up and, and raising the white flag and saying, this is who I am. This is all I can be. This is all I can do. That attitude doesn't please God. But there's something in the spirit of somebody that says, you know what? I'm going after God's blessings. I'm going to make a gamble, and I'm going to go after what God has promised. I'm going to put faith in God. I'm going to believe for things even if people say it's foolish. I'm going to believe for things and people say it's unrealistic. I'm going to believe God for great and mighty things. And I promise you... Some of you guys can begin to step into the blessings of God. Some of you guys... Oh, come on now. Faith is the attitude that gets God's attention and God is pleased when we believe and expect great things. Why sit we here till we die? We've got to get rid of that barely get by mentality. And we've got to enlarge our vision of expectations of what God can do. Come on, life church is not going to barely scrape by, but God wants to bless the church. We're not just going to barely stay the same size and try to hold on to the rapture, but God wants to bless the church. And many people miss pivotal opportunities in their life because they've grown accustomed to the status quo. I'll just do the same thing, work the same job, stay where I am, and do the things that I do. And your life will follow your expectations. If that's all you expect, that's all you get. Uh, Amen. But I'm challenging to go a bit further than you've ever gone before, to believe for more than you've ever believed before, to expect from God more than you've ever expected before. If you expect defeat, failure, or mediocrity, your mind will make sure that you lose, fail, or sabotage every attempt to push above the average. But there's something in my spirit. There's a fire in my belly that says, I don't want to stay here. I don't want to stay here. When God's blessings are real, when God's promises are real, the Word of God is full of the promises in their mind. I might as well believe God. I might as well believe God. All that could happen. My attitude is I'm not staying here, but I'm going to get blessed or die trying. Amen. I may be ridiculed. I may be made fun of, but I'm going to get blessed. Hallelujah. 
or I'm going to die trying. Someone said, you might as well not get your hopes up. And you know what? I've heard that voice. Not from a person, but I heard it in my own head. And I listened to it. Don't get your hopes up. Don't get your hopes up. God wants you to get your hopes up. Because getting my hopes up is what taps me into the resources of heaven. Doubt and unbelief, that leaves me on my own. But if I expect God's blessings, then that taps me into the resources of heaven. God wants you to get your hopes up. And faith is a risk. I mean, that's the whole concept of faith. Believing without seeing. I'm from Missouri. I'm from the show me state. I'll believe you when you show me. I'm a natural born cynic. Let me see all the show me the money first and uh, then I'll believe. Uh, But the spirit of faith says I'm taking a risk because I'm believing even though I haven't seen. I'm believing without any evidence. Amen. What if I do all that that you're talking about, Brother Brown? What if I believe? What if I put and, and exercise faith and I speak words of faith? And what if it doesn't work? See, that's a cynical idea, a cynical mindset. My question is, what if it does work? What's the worst that can happen if it doesn't work? I'll look like a fool. I'll be disappointed. I'll get discouraged. I'll give up on God. Man, that's ridiculous. Come on now. There's got to be an attitude that says, I'm going after the blessings. I'm going to get blessed or I'm going to die trying because I want God's blessings. I want God's blessings. The leper said, what have we got to lose? Why sit we here till we die? God wants to bless. And God was looking for someone with a, with a get blessed or die trying attitude. And the lepers had it and they got the blessings of God that day. Another example, Genesis 32 and 24 is a story of Jacob. 32, 24. I've heard people say, well, J- Jacob was presumptuous. But the Bible says that God loved Jacob's spirit. Jacob have I loved, Esau had I hated. Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. When he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, Let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. See, Jacob understood that he was wrestling with something divine. If he just thought he was wrestling with another dude, he wouldn't say, I'm not going to let you go unless you bless me. Because how could another man bless him? He knew it was divinity. In fact, a little bit later, he named the place uh, that, that means I have seen God face to face. He knew that he was tapped in with God. And he was there wrestling with this angel or theophany or demigod. And uh, finally, this uh, representation of God says, let me go. Let me go for the day breaketh. And Jacob said, no, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And then they, uh, right before that, the angel had touched his thigh and put it out of joint so that Jacob, for the rest of his days, walked with a limp. But even with this uh, uh, broken or uh, shriveled sinew, he continued to wrestle with this representation of God. He says, I'm not letting go until you bless me. Amen. And let's think about this for a minute now, would you? First of all, Jacob was a man who had blessings in his life. Oh, yeah. He had wives, concubines, children, plenty of animals, lots of wealth. But there was something that was bugging him. 
And he said, you know what? I'm not just going to stay here. Thank you, God, for all your blessings. But I'm going to get blessed. I'm going to get blessed. And here's another thing. He knows he's wrestling with a representation of God. The angel touches his thigh and it puts it out of joint for life. Here's the point. The angel could kill him. Are you with me? Wait. That's kind of a no-win situation. It's like me saying, I, I'm going to go, I, I tell you what, I'm going to go wrestle. I'm going to go wrestle a big bodybuilder or a weightlifter or an ultimate fighting champion champion. Uh, that, that, that's who I'm going to fight. That, that would be foolish for me because I'm not trained. I'm not, and fighting a representation, an angel of God, an angel, a mighty warrior from heaven, and fighting a supernatural being that I cannot possibly defeat. Uh, but there was something in his spirit that says, I'm going to get blessed. I'm not letting you go because I'm going to get blessed. You may kill me, but I'm not letting you go because I'm going to get blessed or I'm going to die trying. And this spirit of Jacob that God loved, which was interested in God's blessings. And he turned and said, what is your name? He said, my name is Jacob. My name is a name that shames me. It means deceiver. And he said, thy name shall no more be called Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince... Did you know that prince means the son of a king? Did you know that prince means the son of a king? As a prince hast thou power with God and with men and hast prevailed. I believe all of us are going to come to a point of testing in our life. All of us that God has planned blessings for us where we're going to have to wrestle. And we're going to have to believe God. And we're going to have to hold on to the promise. And it's going to look like it's not going to happen. But we're going to have to prevail. And when we have an attitude that says, I'm going to be blessed. I'm going to get blessed. Or I'm going to die trying. Then God is able to bless that kind of faith. Put your hands together and praise the Lord. wants to put a fire in your spirit. God loves this attitude of faith. It's worth it to believe. It's worth it to expect great things. Amen. And what I'm doing today, if you haven't noticed, is I'm sowing faith. The Bible says, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of the Lord. As I preach these stories from Scripture, I'm trying to build your faith in God. And I'm trying to lift your expectations. Sometimes we think faith in God means believing that God exists, and that's part of it. But faith in God really means that you believe that He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Come on, have you got the point yet? What is faith? Faith is believing that if you get an attitude that says, I'm going to get blessed, then you will get blessed. If you want to get something from God, you got number one, believe that He exists. That's faith. But secondly, you got to believe it when you diligently pursue after His blessings that you're going to get it. And the only way I know, hallelujah, to display this faith is to have an attitude that says, I'm going after it. I'm going, and I'm getting ready to push somebody out of your comfort zone right now because you become satisfied. You become complacent. And God's saying, I want you to go on. I don't want you here. The Word of God is coming to you. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. I'm trying to plant a seed in your life. I'm trying to plant a seed in your heart because God wants to bless you. Clap your hands and praise the Lord.
See, the Hebrew people understand the concept. Sometimes we as Christians miss it. The concept is God wants us to be the head and not the tail. He wants us to be the lender and not the borrower. Amen. That God wants to give that kind of blessing to, to the church. See, there's some of you that are working a job right now, and God would love for, for you to take over the company. I, I know I just went over like a lead balloon, but I'm saying what I, what I believe right now. There are, there are people in this place today that God has an opportunity for you to triple your income. Say, so I'll preach you preaching about money. We don't need to preach you about money. Let's preach you preach about money. Preach you preach. Let me tell you what I'm preaching about. I'm preaching about God's blessings and using the Word of God to your advantage and beginning to believe and expect for good things. That doesn't mean you go around lazy and do nothing and, and don't have a job. That means you do your best at what you're doing, but you wake up expecting God's blessings are coming my way. God's blessings are coming my direction. God's going to open the windows of heaven on my behalf. Come on, receive the word of the Lord. Come on, there's a seed inside of you. It's trying to take root. The angel appeared to Mary. said, behold, I'm doing a new thing in you. Something that's never happened before, that a virgin would conceive. But the only way it can happen is I've got to plant a seed in you. The seed I'm talking about is a seed of faith. Can you perceive it? He was saying, in effect, do you have room to believe for it? I'm putting a seed of faith in you. Do you have room to believe and expect what God is promising you? Do you have room to believe it? Come on, somebody. Can you perceive it? I'm telling you, you may have been sick for a long time. You may have been sick for a long time, but I'm planting a seed in you that God's healing and deliverance is there for your body. You may have been addicted to some bad habits for a long time and be bound by all kinds of addictions, but I'm planting a seed of faith that says today is your day to be delivered and set free forever. You may be struggling financially. You may be in all kinds of debt. But I'm planting a seed in your heart today that says God is willing and able to bless you. Come on, let's stand together and clap our hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Shandaya Kadalavabosaya. Hallelujah. 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 Brother Chris, I believe you're a man of faith. Brother Chris, I believe you're a man of faith. You gave a testimony this week about God's blessings, financial blessings this week in your life. I believe that's just the first step of some steps that God's going to bless you financially in in the name of Jesus. I believe that with all my heart. Let me just speak this word to somebody. You're needing a a spiritual blessing. You need to, to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost, this is something that you need.
or you need deliverance. You need deliverance. You need God to help you with something that you've been struggling with that you can't get the victory on. I want to tell you right now that once you get this attitude that says, I'm going to get blessed or I'm going to die trying. Some people try to receive the Holy Ghost by just saying, you know, okay, if God wants me to have it, then he'll give it to me. If God wants me to be filled with the Spirit and speak in other tongues, then it'll happen. And I'm going to kick back and I'm going to wait for it. And whenever the Spirit of God comes and yanks me from my seat and throws me at the altar and begins to bounce me around and grabs my tongue and lips and begins to flop them all around, then I'm ready to receive the Holy Ghost. Well, guess what? You're going to be waiting a long time. Because what happens is, here's how it happens. The gospel is preached. The good news is preached. That if you repent of your sins, if you're baptized in the name of Jesus, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This promise is yours. And when the gospel is preached, the promise comes forth. This is a blessing that will transform your life greater than any blessing. Hey, would you trade your Holy Ghost for a million bucks? Not me. Because not only is it my source of strength and joy, but it's my ticket to the other side. The greatest blessing of God is the Holy Spirit. But here's the idea. See, when I got the Holy Ghost, I was just a little boy. And I didn't have a degree in theology. I didn't know a lot about a lot of things. I was just kind of ignorant. I just didn't know. And I heard the preacher preaching about the Holy Ghost. And I came down and I cried and I felt God's presence. I felt the Spirit of the Lord like many of you felt. And just as a little boy, six and seven-year-old boy, I was feeling the presence of God. But I always remember the night that I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I had an experience when I was seven. Somebody told me I received the Holy Ghost. I wasn't sure. By the time I was eight and nine, I wanted to know that I'd received it. And I was ten years old. And I'd, I'd made up my mind. This is kind of crazy, and I'm not suggesting this, but I was a little kid, you know, just the way kids think. I said, I'm going to get the Holy Ghost. I want this baptism of the Holy Spirit. And you can fill in the blanks, whatever it is that you need from God. I need deliverance. I need a new start in my life. I need it. And so I said, God, I, I, I prayed and I said, Lord, I, I want this so bad. I want this more than anything. And I, and, and I took, <laughs> I may have told this before, it's kind of funny. I took my favorite pair of blue jeans. And uh, we weren't a wealthy family. We had, you know, kids nowadays, man, they have more clothes than they could ever wear. And I had about three pair of blue jeans, and I had a favorite pair. And I'm telling you, when you're 10 years old in a poor family in Iowa, that's important. And I stuck them in my top drawer. I said, I'm not wearing those again, God, until you give me the Holy Ghost. And uh, my mom found out, and she was upset with me, but she's like, okay, whatever. <laughs> I said, I'm not putting those pants on again until I receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And that night that I received the Holy Ghost, something clicked in my spirit. We were in a series of services and a revival, and I was a little child, a 10-year-old boy. And uh, the night before the preacher had preached, I don't remember what he preached, but I do remember that the next morning I woke up and I said, I'm going to get the Holy Ghost tonight. It wasn't like I hope or I, I may, I'm really going to seek for it tonight. I'm going to seek for the Holy Ghost. No, I wasn't. I'm getting the Holy Ghost tonight. And you know what happened? It was really the weirdest thing because all the rest of that day, I was getting excited about it. I was like, how long till church? Oh, man, I'm going to get the Holy Ghost tonight. You see, what, what, that's real simple, real simple form of what we call faith. Getting excited about something that hasn't even happened yet. And knowing that it's going to happen. 
Brother Brown, what if you hadn't received the Holy Ghost that night? It would have been so defeating. You know what? I, I didn't know what I was doing, but as a little kid, I said, I'm going to get it tonight. I'm going to try. <laughs> and that night, uh, 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 service finally came around, and I couldn't wait. I got there. And uh, from the very first song, I worshiped the Lord with all my heart. I could feel the presence of God. I was weeping. I felt the presence of the Lord. And then I remember our evangelist got up and began to preach. Once again, I don't remember what he preached. But I do remember looking at my watch and saying, Would you please hurry up because I've got to get up there and get the Holy Ghost. And when he gave the altar call, this is a little boy who had gone down and prayed and weeped. And, you know, the brothers and sisters on either side, you know, like totally worn out, praying for him. And, and this this is me. But you know what? That night, I went down to the front as fast as I could. As soon as he gave the altar call, I threw my hands up in the air. Tears began to flow. I began to cry out unto the Lord. And it was not, it was less than one minute before I began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. Why? <laughs> I didn't understand what I was doing, but I tapped into faith. I got my conduit ready that tapped me into the power of God. And if you need something from God today, I'm telling you, right now, is to get it in your spirit. Today is the day. I'm going to receive it. But don't get your hopes, yeah, get your hopes up. But don't just don't just get to all giddy. Yeah, go ahead and get all giddy. Somebody needs to get excited. Somebody needs to begin to rejoice. Hallelujah, because God is going to bless you. Somebody needs to get excited because the blessings are coming your way. Hallelujah. Life Church, I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I feel it in the atmosphere that God's about to do something miraculous for this church financially. That God's about to do something miraculous for this church in terms of building a property. And I right now am ready to believe. Hallelujah. I'm ready to rejoice. I'm going to get my hopes up because I'm going after God's blessings. I'm not staying where I am. I'm going after the blessings of God. Anybody feel like rejoicing? Anybody feeling the joy of the Lord? Anybody feeling God's strength on the inside? Come on, I want you to come up. If you need the Holy Ghost, if you need a blessing from God, let's move forward right now. Now is the time to receive what God has for you. Come on, push that front row back. Push that front row back. Let's let the Lord move in this place right now. Hallelujah. If you need to receive the Holy Ghost, I encourage you to come forward right now. If you need a blessing from God, if you need a healing in your body, I want you to come forward right now. If you need a financial miracle, if you need a job, if you need an advancement on your job, whatever it is that you need, I want you to come forward with faith right now in the name of the Lord. And I want you to begin to rejoice. I don't want you to come up here and beg for anything. I want you to come up here and begin to rejoice. Say, God, I believe. God, I believe in the provision and the power of your promises. God, I want to live in victory. I want to be an overcomer. Hallelujah. God, you want us to be the head and not the tail. You want to bless in the name of the Lord. Uh, hallelujah. Come on, let's say, lift up your hands to him right now. Begin to call on the name of the Lord. Jesus, I worship you. Jesus, I praise you. I'm reaching for the price. I'm giving everything. I'm life for this. What I live for, nothing will keep me from all that you have for me. Come on, lift up your hands and call the Lord right now. Jesus, I believe you. Greater is He. Oh God, I'm ready to receive what you have for us, Jesus. 
back up. Put your faith in Jesus right now. Oh, my God. 
filling with the Holy Spirit right now. Hallelujah. If you want to receive the Holy Ghost, just lift up your hands and begin to praise the Lord. God will fill you all over again. Come on, if you want to receive the Holy Ghost, just lift up your hands right now. Say, Jesus, I'm ready, Lord God. I believe your word. I believe what the preacher said. Uh, I want to receive this blessing from heaven. It's mine, and I want it. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah.
others here today. The Spirit of the Lord is still working and moving. Let's rejoice in the Lord again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My time for God's favor. My time to be the 
presence. Lord, I feel your power and your anointing in this place, Jesus. While I open my spirit up to you, Lord. Christopher Griffin, amen, he's repentant of his sins and he has a desire to be baptized, he wants to serve God, live for the Lord, and so before we baptize him this afternoon, let's just have a word of prayer for him, that God just, you know, anoints him, keeps his hand on him, and you know, God started a good work and a good thing in his life, and and our desire and our prayer is for God to complete it until the very end, amen, Amen. because that's God's will, so let's just pray for this uh, gentleman right now. So let's just bind together. Amen. Let's pray for them. Thank you, Father, for your awesome love and your awesome grace.
Praise the Lord. We have at least one more baptism. And uh, uh, we want to rejoice with this uh, brother that's getting baptized in the name of the Lord. And uh, also uh, we want to, uh, amen, we want to rejoice with Jacob. He was filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost today. Amen. How exciting. Praise the Lord. You believe in God and have faith in the Lord. And, uh, and God can do great things. Praise the Lord. And uh, uh, when, if you need to go, you're dismissed in the name of the Lord. We've got one more baptism we're going to rejoice with. And, uh, uh, and uh, there is a Korean Bible study at 3 o'clock here at the church. And then 5 o'clock tonight is our Spanish service. And all the money uh, that uh, for the uh, tickets for the car wash, please turn that in to Brother Steele or Sister Amelia. Praise God. God bless. Amen.